Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Okay, so um, it was Valentine's Day a couple days ago, and this is not why I'm um, sharing this message with you. But one of the things that um, I keep seeing over and over and over and over and over again is that um, God has a design for us to walk in love, co-labor with him in love, discover love, and just um, be on this beautiful adventure with him. And he's designed for us to have life and life more abundantly. He wants, he's designed what a marriage looks like, what children Uh, relationships look like and he's given us everything that we need to be able to walk in what he's designed us to do but uh, to be honest the majority of the body of Christ we're just we're not doing that we're not doing that and it and it breaks my heart the issue that I see false alarm okay (laughs) um the 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 issue that I see over and over and over again is we have issues with boundaries. Now, the subject of boundaries is 40 hours long. I could stand here and not be done. I couldn't even do it. But um, I'm going to try to touch on some of that topic and also um, just highlight maybe how we're bringing in devastation and pain in our lives and in the lives of others and show us, you know, hey, wait a minute. There, there's another way, there's a better way. So um, can you pull up um, Matthew 22, 37 to 39? Okay, so this New King James Version's version, awesome. I'm using NLT, very close. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. So, honey, can you come here and be my easel? (laughs) Can you just hold this like this? Yes. Okay, so let's look at this. So, first commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Hmm. I don't know. I have some issues I, you know, I've learned because of the abuse that I've come out of that I've kind of had to build walls of self-protection. So let's, let's alter this a little. There, I can do that. I shall love the Lord my God. We got this, no problem. But there is a problem. The problem is when we are not, what this looks like is a Facebook relationship with God or Instagram. I'm going to check in with him. I'm going to comment on a couple of his posts. I might like, maybe even love, look for the thumb down button sometimes for sure. But am I going to absolutely be willing and brave enough to be vulnerable? What intimacy looks like is... Um, nakedness. 
I'm going to get naked before God. I'm going to reveal my thoughts, my behaviors, my attitudes, my, my feelings. And I'm going to say, look at this. Search me. I know you have good things to say about what's going on in here, but what do you have to say about the things that are hurting you? What do you have to say about the things that are hurting me? What do you have to say about the things that I'm doing that are hurting my children, my husband, or even a woman in a line at Walmart? Stephanie got to witness that one. (laughs) So we need that intimacy where uh, he can search our hearts. We have to give him permission. The problem is we, we've built these walls, but when we build these walls and we don't allow him in, and, and that's usually a byproduct of, of um, abuse when we're younger and it's, it's survival mode and it's good for a season, but if we stay with those walls, we then wall in all the bad and we keep all the good out. And that's what we do with God. The, what this can look like at best I go to church, I do Bible study, I volunteer. Uh, They're just really works though, it's not out of love. And and when I, my works as a Christian are judged, most of them are gonna be burned up because it's not because of my love relationship, it's because I'm performing. Worst case scenario, and this just broke my heart, a couple couple, um, weeks ago I heard this story and um, it happened to be a pastor, but it doesn't have to be a pastor. It could be one of us. It could be a father, an employee, a mother. It doesn't matter. But this particular pastor had the ability to preach like no other. This guy was in ministry for over 30 years. He was um, preaching the word. People were getting set free. There was healings going on. And at house, there was so much abuse and so much dysfunction. The children were um, witnessing their mother being abused when they became adult children still at home. When they'd step in, they were then being abused. They even got to see, now pastor, and it does make a difference. They got to see their mother hogtied in her panties. But you know what? We're not going to talk about this because I have a congregation to make sure they are set free and walking in love and walking with Jesus and going on for eternity. That's what this looks like. The, one of the, the daughter-in-laws eventually got to the point, they tried to minister, tried to minister, tried to talk. They were, her and her husband were totally um, ostracized from the entire family. What's wrong with you? No one was comfortable talking about this. They wanted to keep it quiet. It got to the point where she said, are you even saved? Do you know what it is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He was like, shut up. I have um, personal um, acquaintance with a pastor, married 30 years. He uh, was married to a very controlling wife. Um, They're eventually, over time, control pushes people away. Control breeds rebellion. Control is just, it does a lot of damage to a relationship. So... Um, over time, there was just no intimacy. They, he didn't have the tools or didn't search out the tools to deal with this in a healthy way, and either did she, and so they just continued with the destruction. Well, it got to the point he had an un, um, unspoken of sexual addiction, 
He was online uh, looking at pornography. When the last daughter got married, like two days later, I'm out. This guy was not only a pastor, he was an apostle. He has planted churches all over the US, Canada, and Guatemala. He has thousands, thousands, not hundreds, thousands of people looking up to him, trying to um, be like him, following his ministry. He's mentoring them, and he left it. He left it all. He met a woman on, uh, online. She started talking to him about some of the sexual issues, made things sound good, sound pretty. She had the solution for what wasn't in their marriage, and he left it all. A couple of years ago, actually not even last year, and, and I'm not saying this to bring any condemnation to these people. They're loved. Their story's not over. This is just a snapshot. This is not the whole story. So um, I said to him, my husband just about died when I said it. I just, I brought it up because this is a person I know and I love, and I'm me. I'm me walking this salvation out, and so did he, and look where he went. Well, what happened? Because I need to know. I need to know for me. And how do you explain that? And he said to me, I said, so how are you with the choices that you've made in the place that you're in? And how did you get to the point where you could just leave it all and walk away and just leave God and just embrace sin? Like, what happened? And he was so sweet to answer me because he didn't have to answer me. And he just said, a couple things happened. One uh, his needs weren't being met. He wasn't, we, we have needs and we, we have a responsibility to meet them in a healthy way. If you have a problem in your marriage, you work it out. You, you let each other know what your needs are. You learn how to take care of them. You get help. And um, anyways, he had needs. They weren't being met. Um, he said there was, a, there was a little boy that died um, in our church and we were all believing for healing, and that, that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for him because there was no relationship. We go through crisis of belief. We experience things that are absolutely contra contrary to what the Word of God says. I've, I, this little boy, we were believing for healing by Jesus' stripes. He's healed. There's no reason for him not to be alive, and it looks like God is dead. It looks like his words a lie. It doesn't have to be about healing. It can be many things. I know we all have these contradictions in our, in our lives. But because there was no relationship where he can say, I personally know you. I know you in A, B, C, D, that you are faithful and you are trustworthy and you are not a liar and I know your word. So I'm gonna put this thing on a shelf can you talk to me about it later? Heal my wounds, but I will keep this covenant and partnership. I will not let that go. The other thing he said was he had a gift. He said it was a good and a bad thing. He said, Chantel, I had the ability to preach and teach without even consulting God. I was so influential I could give a word to people, move their heart, cause them to follow, and I never had to be connected. The worst case scenario of that is um, when Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. 
On judgment day, many of you will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's laws. This is not a suggestion. And it's not a controlling God saying, worship me. I'm so egotistical. I need you to tell me how great I am. Everything he does is for love and it's for our good. Everything. The second commandment, you shall love the Lord, or sorry, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. So there's things here that I have responsibility for, but with, hidden within these scriptures, there's co-laboring. The love that he's asking me to give him with my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole mind, he knows I don't have it to give. When I spend time with him in his word and I spend time gazing in his eyes, when I go to my secret place that I have with him and we meet, literally, I engage him with my imagination, we meet face to face and I just get to be held by him. I get to ask him, what do you want to show me today? I get to experience him. When I see him loving me, and he will tell me, he does tell me what he thinks of me, the good things also. He speaks identity over me. Well, that same love that he gives me, I then give back as a gift to him. I don't have it to give. You can't do this without him. That's the co-laboring. Well, the other thing is, this these are connected. The way we love others is how we love ourselves. If we don't do this, you're not going to love yourself. Because of woundedness, brokenness, people that thing, things that people have said to us, we um, most of us, I would say, don't like ourselves, and I would say a good majority hate ourselves. So then we've got another problem. Okay, so you shall love your neighbor, but I'm not too, too keen on my neighbor or some of the people in my life, so. I shall love. I could do that. I like my fur babies. I can love you at a distance. I can go to your Facebook, your Instagram. I can like your things. I can make some comments. I can live in such a disconnect that you never know that I'm dying inside. You never know my struggles. You never know, um, you never have to share yours. There's no vulnerability and that doesn't work. The, the, my passion right now is boundaries. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't go too far though. <laughs> and I'm just going to be really real. And um, what time do I have till? We might have to do Quarter two at the latest? No, I need a time because I'm not going to just. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, 
I'm just going to be really real with you. So I'm, I'm passionate about boundaries because the lack of boundaries in our marriages and our relationships, in our relationships with our kids, and we all have boundary issues. Some are very extreme, some not so much, but I don't care how much you you learn about healthy boundaries, you're always going to be learning healthy boundaries. There's no arrival. So we're all in this together. We're all equal and it's okay. Um, now I forget what I was going to say. Oh, so the book that I'm reading, it says, it's John Townsend and um, Henry Cloud. They wrote Boundaries of Boundaries of Marriage, Boundaries um, in, in Raising Boundaries with Kids, Boundaries in Leadership is the newest one, just boundaries in general. Amazing, amazing books. But this is what I read. You need at least three to seven people in your life that you can absolutely be utterly truthful, that you can trust, they're safe, they're not going to condemn you. They're going to love you. They're not going to enable you to do your crap. But they're going to pull you higher. They're, we are meant to live like that. So I said, I, I'm, I'm just going to be real. I, I haven't lived like that since we moved back to Florida in 2012. When I, and I've been trying, and I have moments of it, but I don't have... And what it looks like, you have to determine. I mean, we all have busy lives. We all have um, responsibilities. Uh, it could be a phone call once a week. It might be a phone call once a month. It might be getting together once every five months. It might be, I, I don't know. But I want more. I want to have dinner. I want to go places. I want to do one-on-one, -on -one, um, learn about each other, grow anyways. So I said, Sean, and, and this has been so painful for me. I called my husband the other day crying and I just said, I'm so done. We, we buy a property in Claremont. I moved to Claremont. I might as well have moved to Naples or Miami. What is keeping me here as far as community? I have my Instagram and my Facebook and my get a little closer every now and again and then we'll pull back. But what, what is it? And I just said to him, but now there's a huge price to pay. I knew that it was vital before, but when I read, you cannot walk in boundaries and you cannot do this on your own. Don't even try it. Then I'm like, oh, heck no. I literally got on the phone and in two days, got on the phone or met with three different women and there are women who um, are broken like I'm broken, like we're all broken. They're women who love God. They're women who want more intimacy. They're women who are having problems or there are women who are absolutely isolated and lonely and they're wanting the same thing. Some of these women I've known since 2005 and some I've known as an acquaintance but then, you know, decided to get closer to. And... Um, that's a great first step, but now we have to continue. Now we have to, you know, put in the time to be together. Another thing that I want to talk about, and it's, it's somewhat boundaries related also, if you can, um, oh, yes, wait. If, if we have a problem being intimate with God and we have a problem being intimate with each other, uh, a lot, sometimes you can catch the thoughts you have. Well, if they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. Um... um Whatever, it, I'm, I'm worthless, 
who would want to invest that time in me? I mean, there's a gazillion things going through our head. If you can catch those things, that can be an indicator of where you're at and what you need. Sometimes we need inner healing. There's Sozo Ministries here in Deland. There's um, Elijah House. There's Restoring the Foundations. There's Inheritance House, where you can deal with issues on a spiritual level, and you can lay um, a really good foundation, have a clean slate. And I've done a lot of that. I've even done training in some of that. And sometimes what it is, is just picture um, you're on, a, on, on the ground, but you're in this big, huge pit. And say you're down here, you're dealing with depression and anxiety and isolation and loneliness and you're, whatever, you're screaming at your husband and degrading him. Uh, whatever, whatever, you're hooked on porn, you're looking up porn, you might even be having it, whatever. Well, that's not a good starting place for us to be able to do that. I mean, you got to at least get to ground level. Then let's get walking, right? So with, with inner healing, that's a great way to get you out of the pit, put you on a firm foundation, and, and then you can walk and heal and learn to love, learn boundaries. Um, you can... Another thing we try to do, and it's easier, um, take a scripture, some scripture, um, and just confess it. Oh, no, I, I walk in love. I am love. I am patient. I am kind. Yeah, and you're telling the lady off in the Walmart line. Gee, <laughs> I did. Anyway, I did apologize to her. It ended well, and it was a good... Do you know what? Those embarrassing, painful moments... They're treasures. When we suffer as a consequence of our behaviors, that's what makes us not want that behavior anymore. So it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, um, so we were absolutely made to for vertical love and for horizontal love. We have to have both. If we don't, we're handicapped. Um, okay. Oh, in, the, in your small group of people, your inner circle that you would be revealing things to, and it's not one-sided. You're not looking to dump on someone all the time. No, you're there for each other. And hopefully there's someone, a mentor, a pastor, a uh, counselor who can actually help with the boundaries because they're very difficult. So boundaries with um, a behavior, it's easy to see. If I'm yelling at my husband, I know, okay, this is not right. But if I have a bad attitude or my feelings are a boundary issue, they can be more hidden. We can think there's something other than what they are. So um, the, the inner circle needs to be a place where we are safe and where we feel known and where there's no condemnation. When I grew up, I, di I didn't have that. When, when I grew up, and my parents did the best they could, but when I grew up, um, I, I was raised to perform. If I perform and I do A, B, C, then I can get some form of love. I can get some form of acceptance. Um, and if I didn't, then, you know, there's hell to pay, whatever. Saw tons of dysfunction, didn't see love um, exemplified to me, and that that did a lot of damage. So um, you want to, what we don't get as kids that is pivotal to us 
uh, growing and being healthy, we have to get it. You, you, as an adult then, you've got to make up for the gaps that you've missed. You can't just skip it or you're going to be broken. And, you know, you're trying to do a two-handed job and your left arm doesn't function. You know, it doesn't work. The other um, reason that these, this horizontal relationship is so important is what James 5.16 says. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. When we bring sin to the light, darkness has to flee somewhat. And it gives us an opportunity to be um, accountable. And then we have God's power to produce wonderful results behind. Again, we're co-laboring. It's a partnership. And God is in that. God will move in that. Another scripture that I want to pull up, um, and I need my lovely volunteer to come up for me, is um, 1 Thessalonians 5. It's a long one. It's 12 to 24. Ooh, this is long. It is long. Okay, so there it is. Um, this is a time, um, it's Thessalonians. Paul wrote this, and it's a time when there was great persecution. And I'm not talking about what we call persecution. We um, make wrong decisions and live like hell and say, oh, I'm being persecuted for righteousness. No, you're reaping what you sowed. These people were... were <laughs> <laughs> these people were actually being stoned, attacked, dragged out of cities because of their belief in Jesus. So Paul says, uh, dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceably with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy don't be lazy. Encourage those who are timid. These people were afraid. They were afraid for their lives. They had to encourage them. Come bring them scriptures. Help them. Um, take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. We were talking about that earlier. Always be joyful. And I'm even going to say, in all things, give thanks. It's another scripture. But this is what we're called to. So anyways, let's keep going. Um, never stop praying. Never stop praying. You know, oftentimes we wonder, God, what is your will for me? I feel so unsatisfied. What is it that you're, I'm supposed to do? Am I a missionary? Am I a preacher? Am I to go here, go there? This is God's will for you and it's just as important as what Billy Graham did very few of us are ever going to be a Reinhardt Bonnke a Billy Graham or a Heidi Baker but in God's eyes when we are doing this we're reaping the same reward this is love oh I just love this Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. It doesn't say some. If I'm having a lust problem, 
and I'm feeling an attraction to another man, God says, if you don't want to jump in the bed, why are you leaning on the doorpost, the doorframe? Get out. That's your job. Stay away from every kind of evil. You don't wait till you're in so deep, you're enveloped and you can't say no. You still could, but it feels like you can't say no. Stay away. That's our job. And we don't have to do it ourselves. There's no excuse. I can't do this. I can't hold my tongue. I can't keep my boy parts where they need to be. I can't keep that page off my computer. I can't stop gossiping. That person really ticked me off. You get to co-labor. We don't do this in our own strength. This is God's part. This is our part. This is what God says. Now they now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes. God will make this happen for you for he who calls you is faithful. sin, when you see your shortcoming, when your spouse is crying to you, you're not meeting my needs, I'm broken, you're putting someone else before me, you are not a safe place for me to be, you're not a safe place for the kids to be, listen, it's not a time to defend yourself, it's not a time to make excuses, It's an absolute time to hear what's being said, and it's an opportunity to walk 
in healing, forgiveness, repentance, and freedom. I don't think I can... um, Okay, I'm going to share a little bit of this. This is where we get into the boundaries. So what happens is we come out of dysfunction. We don't know what healthy looks like. We think we can say a prayer, read our Bible, go to Bible study, go to church, do praise and worship, and everything's going to be okay. It's not okay. You're called to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're called to renew our minds. So one of the girls that I called, she said, Chantal, I'm finally at the place. She, she happens to be... Um, so smothering and so controlling in her family that her husband and her kids are saying, I've had enough. Get a life. The only life you have is us and the kids and you're smothering us and controlling us and she wants everything to be so good for them but she's going about it the wrong way. So she wants to learn a better way. Well, it doesn't... I mean, you can pull these things out of the scripture, but there are people who have already done that, and let's glean from them. So I highly recommend looking into boundaries. I highly recommend learning um, what they are, what it looks like. Um, Boundaries is uh, knowing what you are responsible for, knowing what you're not responsible for, Knowing how to say no, and knowing how to accept no. But it's very difficult. This, this is what takes pick up your cross and die to yourself. You know, my husband is super um, protective. He carries a gun. He's ready. He's ready. If he's got to take a bullet for me, he's going to take a bullet for me. But just like very few Billy Grahams and Reinhardt Bonkies, the chances of him having to physically lay down his life for me are next to none, right? So instead, why don't you die to yourself by maybe vacuuming? Could you... (laughs) I'll tell you this story, and then I'm going to have to end, and next time I share, I'm going to get into more of this, but when I met my husband, um, and again, no condemnation to the to the people that I'm telling the story about. But when, and things have changed, things are good. When I met my husband, I had a a pretty good, healthy idea of what boundaries look like. And um, my husband did not. And so, (laughs) it got to the point with all the phone calls from the ex-wife that would interrupt our dinners, all the phone calls from the ex-wife that um, would interrupt our outings, all the time that he would take away to go try to talk to her. And there, there was no, it wasn't like there was a crisis or an emergency. It wasn't like it needed to be dealt with at dinner. It could have been dealt with later. And he had um, to learn this or I wasn't going to marry him. The other thing I was dealing with, he did learn it quickly. <laughs> My husband is so teachable. It's just so beautiful. So here's this guy. I absolutely love him. I think he's the most amazing thing, he's everything on my list, but this is a problem. And so I said, the other problem was this, his mother. His mother took a position as though she was his girlfriend. Not sexually, nothing weird like that, but emotionally, right? And because he had no boundaries, she didn't have boundaries, 
Their relationship was all messed up. She'd say, call, he'd jump, he'd call. Um, she'd say, oh no, this is what happened. So we were... <laughs> she was... Um, we were getting ready to get married, and so Sean had a household, I had a household. We were selling our, all of our belongings, um, some, and then figuring out what we're going to keep together. I get a phone call one day, and Sean had, you know, a bedroom set, and he says, yeah, no, sorry, I don't have that anymore. What would you do? My mother sold it to my grandparents. He didn't even live with his mother. My mother sold my bedroom set to my grandparents. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Why is your mother... I was just like, okay, Pastor Luke, we need help. Another thing, um, when we ended up put his microwave in my house and gave her mine, his mother mine, why did you get the good microwave? Why didn't I get the good microwave? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says to leave your family, leave your mother and your father, and you cleave to your wife. And if you're going to try to do some family cleaving with your mommy and your ex and me, you're out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I knew that if he didn't get those boundaries straight, I would pay the consequence of his sin for the rest of my life. It would hurt me. It would cut me. I would feel like I'm competing with mistresses. I would not feel like number one. I would not feel special. I would not be made the priority. I would not be the one that he was protecting and leading and guiding. I would have competition, and I don't do well with that. <laughs> so we set him up. He was able to talk to Pastor Luke. We gave him a quick crash course. This is what priorities look like. This is what boundaries look like. This is what, I'm sorry, so-and-so. I cannot talk to you right now, but let's talk Tuesday at 6. Does that work for you? Good. We'll talk then because I'm having dinner with my family. Mom, you'd like some help? I'd love to help you. That is something that you can do on your own though. So you do that. If you have a harder job that you would like help with, then I'd be happy to help you. Chantal and I can come over Saturday. We can help you build that deck or we can build that deck for you. Whatever. These are healthy boundaries. When we don't Get into relationships and say yes to what we need to say yes to, say no to what we need to say no to, then things get muddy and ugly. And um, what happens is we produce infants who are six feet tall and, you know, 250 pounds. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I was hoping to get a lot farther than I did, um, but I will be back. And then next time I come uh, to share the word, I'm going to talk more about boundaries. But right now, I just want to just pray for you guys. Um, it's, it's, very, it's very, very clear. Let me tell you this. It's very clear. There's a part for you to play. There's a part for your spouse to play. There's a part for other people to play. And there's things for you to do together. There's things for you to do separately. Um, but doing things like this isn't working. God, Jesus gave the example. So um, Jesus is our, our bridegroom. We're the bride. Jesus doesn't do for us what is our responsibility to do. He won't do it. But Jesus will do for us what we can't do. So I couldn't make myself clean. I couldn't redeem myself. I couldn't do the great exchange 
So he went on the cross, he bore my sin, and he's the one who enabled me to enter into an eternal relationship with God. That's a healthy boundary. For um, some things we co-labor together, some things we do on our own. He's never read the boundaries book with me while I've been studying this, trying to learn how to better love people. That's my job. But like Donnie, when he had to go pray for someone for healing, Jesus is right there with them. They're doing that together. So I just, I just, I just admonish you. It's not enough to come to church and do your thing. It's not enough to just beg God or ask God or claim whatever if you're not doing your part. Some things, there's no part to be done. That's it. Do that. And those things are still good. They can be helpful. But co-labor with him. Um, the, I hope this little bit has whet your appetite to learn more about what healthy looks like. It's one thing to give someone information. Like I, when I homeschooled, I taught my kids. But better than teaching them was giving them a love for learning. We are called to be constantly learning, constantly growing. We're not called to just read our Bibles. We're not. There's um, love and respect, which will help the dynamics in your marriage. There's grace-based parenting. There's how to raise a strong-willed child. There's all of these tools that we have access to that we don't even look at. We'd rather spend our time watching TV or sleeping or going for a run, going to the gym, whatever. And those things are good. They're not bad things. But let's go for the better. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.